Hello, hello again, and welcome to another season of Coffee with Miss Deeds and Miss Amy. We have loved spending this time with you as we talk about all the joys and exciting happenings at uni, as well as the stressors and the different things that are hard. But we got to keep it real, and we're thankful that you can join us. So enjoy this time. Welcome back to Coffee with the Counselors. This week, we are going to focus again on centering student voices. So this week, we have three students with us who are going to talk to us about being Latinx and whether or not Latinx is a term that they would like to go by and kind of the different situations where that word may be accepted, may not be accepted, um, as well as kind of their experiences within the community and different questions we have for them. So we're excited to have them with us today and hear their stories and their testimonies. So welcome. I'll let them introduce themselves and have them tell you what they would prefer to be called. Hi, um, my name is Maya Well Malik. Um, I'm a senior at uni. Um, and personally, I am a Chicana because I am Mexican-American. And if we're using the terminology of being from Latin America, I refer to myself as Latina. Hello, my name is Joel Admas. My pronouns are they and them. I'm really cool with whatever. So Latino, Latinx, Latina, Latina. And specifically, I am um, my like country of origin, kind of would be Equatoriano, Equatoriana. Um, I'm Nico. Uh, I typically go by Hispanic, just given um, that my parents are from two very different countries. And yeah, overall, um, in, in certain contexts, I'll probably go by Latino, but mostly if I'm just referring to myself, I'm Hispanic, yeah. What countries are your parents from, Nico? Uh, my mother's from Mexico, my father's from Uruguay, which is a much more uh, Southern country. Well, one of the reasons why we wanted to have this podcast series is because we wanted to allow you as students of color to kind of just to center your voices and to share with us your history and who you are. So maybe you can kind of dive deeper into your introductions to say like, what is something that you appreciate about like your culture that kind of defines who you are? And what are some things that you really like about your cultural background? What are some like traditions and things that you do as a family that you have really enjoyed? Okay, well, I'm going to start it off. Um, I think being Latina is the coolest. I would not give it up for anything. And I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say we have amazing food um, from all over, not just from Mexico. But I have to say some of my most cherished memories would be um, making tamales on Christmas Eve. So we could eat them for Christmas dinner because it's a whole process. You have to make the masa and then get all of the um, corn skins. And if you don't like spread it right, it breaks apart. And if you don't tie the correct little notch, everything's going to fall apart. So um, those are really important memories in my mind. But also just the language. Um, my mom did not grow up speaking Spanish because mm -hmm. her grandparents were afraid that she would get 
um, punished like they did in school. So they didn't want to teach her the language. And so she decided to learn later on in life and teach us, which I'm really grateful for because um, I think it's really awesome to be bilingual and be able to connect with the whole community of people and um, Latin America and just in general. So I'd say those are probably the two most important things to me, being able to speak Spanish and the food because we have really good food. Same here. Um, in Ecuador, it's everything is also super labor intensive. And so if you're making like bolas de verde, it's like a day of just like grinding the yuca and like putting the like meat and cheese in these like big balls of like yuca that's like cooked in a soup and it, it takes a while it takes a long time but it's it's really good and like especially in ecuador you notice like being latino uh latina um or Latinx, it isn't a race and it's an ethnicity. And so you notice like who are like that there are um, white people, there are indigenous people, um, there are black people too. And so like in the like landmass, you can see where like the Spanish history of like slavery is where European settlers um, like settled themselves and like occupied indigenous territory and where there are still like thriving indigenous communities and like and the struggles that the indigenous communities in South America like what they are still fighting for and the like policies they are fighting against. Yeah. And so to, to kind of add to what uh, Milo and Joel were just saying, um, yes, food culture is like a huge thing. I, I love all the different types of foods, right? Like, of course, there's like the more like Latin American cuisine. And then there's also like the Caribbean cuisine and South American cuisine. And it, it, the different blends that you can get are really, really good. Um, also, like to, to kind of add on just a little bit more to that, just the, the cultures in general, like um, Hispanic Latino is sometimes a little bit different, but also it's just, there's so many different varieties of Latino, I'd say. That's really cool to see. Well, we have, I just wanted to pause for a moment because we have a new friend joining us, <laughs> Alana Cohen. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? We just did introductions kind of saying, who we are and also like what are some important traditions and things about our um, Latin American culture that we love and that we enjoy. So if you wanna just kind of introduce yourself that way first. Yeah, hi, uh, I'm Ilana. I am American, I'm also Brazilian. Um, my mom is from Brazil. So I think that's a pretty cool connection that we have. And I guess since I heard you guys are talking about food a little earlier. That's one thing that's really big in our household, especially is uh, just Brazilian food and that tradi tradition that comes with. So we have ponche um, queijo, which is like a cheese bread. Uh, brigadeiro is like a chocolate melty thing. Um, rice and beans, obviously, that's a big one. 
and just a bunch of different different foods that we have. So that's a big part of our our house here. That's awesome. I love I love talking about food, but I also love to see each of your eyes light up as you talk about different foods that you're familiar with in your in your families. Maybe you can in addition to that, if you have any if you have any experiences that you want to share that you feel like are unique to Latine culture um, and experiences, whether at school or in your family, but what would you want uni students to know as they kind of take a peek inside your own cultural heritage and your life? I think family is a big thing. And also just like the importance of working hard. Like I, I, my parents don't put as much of a emphasis on, you know, getting the best grades. It is like, did you try hard when you were focusing, right? Um, again, as I mentioned before, the family thing's real. Like you, you do things together, right? When you eat, my, my parents at least make a very big emphasis that we all have to eat together, right, as a family. And also just ginormous servings. Like when my friends come over, they're like, how? But it's just, we just make a lot of food. Um, I'm gonna add on to what Nico said about family. Family is really big, uh, especially in Mexican American culture. And there's a stereotype of just, you have these huge extended families with like all of these cousins and everything. Um, but also there's like, at least for my family, the huge thing is affection and like showing that you love each other and that you care for each other, not necessarily in like hugs and like saying physically that I love you both, both in that as well. And I feel very special because I know a lot of cultures and families who don't verbally say that they love like their siblings or their family or like give hugs and things like that. But also, you know, if, you know, you're making making food like my mom will wake up and make eggs she's always going to make eggs for other people too you're like always thinking of others and that's really big especially with the dinner thing I didn't realize that was something maybe specific to our culture but you we always have to eat dinner together um and you're not allowed to you have to be very present and before every meal um we're not very religious but we basically give thanks to the land and um like the crop and mother earth yeah so i'm trying to i'm trying to remember it's like um a la madre tierra damos gracias por los alimentos que nos da y por nuestra salud y bienestar buen provecho which is like we're eating and we're thankful for all the food that we have and like our health and being together and that's a huge thing just like being together and celebrating like your connection with the world and with everyone else and like nico said that's a huge thing is working hard it's not about necessarily where you end up but as long as you're giving it your all and you're trying really hard like that's all that matters as long as you're giving you're giving thought to everything that you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel all those same things. And I think that's really special about um, about our culture is just that connection that you have with others. And, you know, um, like you said, working hard, not because, you know, you have to get a certain grade, but because that's, you know, who you are and what you strive to do all the time, especially I think with, uh, my mom again immigrating here that's inspired me to you know reach out and try to work hard to capture all of my dreams and try to make that a reality and uh, it can be tough sometimes but it's also super important i'd like to add that especially like living in the united states like 
it doesn't matter if you're mixed with another race or um, if you do not speak the language, you still have a home in the community and you are enough. And so. So kind of going off of what Joel just mentioned, um, most, I think all of you had said um, that you are biracial with another um, race, right? So how do you, and it sounds like you are all very in tune with like being Latino, Latina, Latinx. Um, so how do you manage that? Like, and how do you manage traditions in your household? Uh, what's that look like? Um for you guys, just curious. So um, my dad is half Indian, half white. So I'll use Christmas as an example. Christmas Eve, we make tamales continually, right? And then we eat probably like fish or something for dinner. And then Christmas morning, he will wake up and make butterkuchen, which is like some German bread thing his mom used to make for him as a kid. We'll eat that in the morning. And then at night we have tamales. And then on the Indian side, I have probably been to like two non-Indian weddings my entire life. So I've always felt connected to the culture and that they're like, that's everyone on my extended family in Canada. And like, I've been to the weddings. I'm, I'm like, accepted. I look a little funky at the weddings, but um, like I'm part of the celebration, but we don't really speak the language because he didn't learn Hindi or Punjabi when he was growing up really since his father immigrated from India. And he was kind of like, you just it's a hard language to pick up um but we still do all the traditions in terms of like the volley or um <clears throat> rucky which is a celebration of siblings so like when we were a kid basically you have you the brothers stand on a knife and then the sisters make them bracelets and it was basically like when sisters would and then you get money or sweets and it was like when the brothers would go off to war the sisters would have these protective bracelets and then the, the brothers would be like i vow to protect you and here's like money and sweets I'm doing a, like a terrible job of explaining the act like but what what it actually is but we made sure to keep doing all of that even though we don't necessarily speak the language and we don't we can't like understand a ton of like what our extended family is always talking about and growing up my dad had us read comics of basically like religious stories and um the gods and goddesses in um like Hindu culture so like we would be reading comics about like um like the Ramayana like they would we would be reading about Rama and Sita or like Ganesh and we'd be reading all of these stories and that was a way for us to learn about like the religion and the history of our culture without having to speak the language or like do a bunch of stuff so just in those little ways we were able to connect all of the parts of us to make us really feel whole and that was a really big thing especially because it's hard going up um mixed and not feeling like you're not enough for that culture or you're too much for another culture, which is something I struggle with for a long time. But something my parents always remind us is like, you can't pick out the parts of you that belong to each culture. So really you're hundred percent Mexican, hundred percent Indian and hundred percent white, right? So like you can't distinguish each and every feature or portion of your personality and character that belongs to each of these cultures because everything is mixed together that makes you. So you shouldn't try to like cut yourself apart thinking that you're only this much of this and this much of something else. That sums it up pretty well, actually. Um, for me, my one thing is, uh, well, whenever I go visit family in Mexico, they tell me I have a Uruguayan accent when I speak in Spanish. And whenever, whenever I go to Uruguay, 
it's the same thing, but they say I have a Mexican accent. Um, other than that, like, yeah, it's at home, it, it's just like a, a, a mixture of both of them and 100% both, right? Like, what, in, in Mexico, there are 24, maybe 48 different types of, like, uh, taco meats. In Uruguay, like, um, barbecue, all that stuff is really, really important to the culture. So, of course, my father, like, learns different taco cut meats, and then we kind of mix mix it all together, right? In the Andes, there's, it, it was a harder to get to section of South America. And so to like eradicate the indigenous population, there was the bringing over of poor Spaniards. And so a fundamental part of Ecuadorian culture is like the indigenous uh, heritage and ancestry. And so that's something that like, is important and it like pops up in language and so there are specific words that have a direct root to quichua and because like there is like so much diversity it just makes it makes national identity more significant than race because at the end of the day like everyone is like mixed with almost everything and so like everyone has like everyone has to some extent some European ancestry, some indigenous. And because um, the Quechua people were like part of a second migration wave, like if you test their ancestry, they are also closely related to East Asian and um, and like Somali people. And so like there's this intersectionality, which like almost serves as like like a form of social cohesion. Actually, Joel brings up a really good point that, um, well, especially in Central America and like going down to like the north of South America, there's a lot of like, this sounds wrong, like race mixing that happened when the Spaniards came over. Right. So everyone's a at least a little bit indigenous and also has that European ancestry from when they came over. And th that's a really cool mix because like ev everyone tends to have something in common, especially in those Central American um, regions, which is cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. And my story probably is it's not as interesting at all, but um, yeah, so I, in, in addition to being Latina and Brazilian, I'm also Jewish, mainly from my dad's side of the family. Uh, and so when we go to Brazil, we don't normally celebrate Christmas and things like that. But then when we go there, we're kind of immersed in that cultural thing. It's less of like a religious holiday there than more of a uh, a cultural thing, at least in my family. So we have this big meal and everything like that. And instead of focusing a lot on religion. We're just uh, diving into that new culture and we're still Jewish, but we're also participating in those traditionally Brazilian and uh, Latina, at least family traditions and things like that. So that's pretty cool to experience. Also in the landmass, um, there are like countries that were colonized by um, the English and the Dutch and the French, which were full slave states, not as much like um, 
land, like full plantations rather than like the growing of food extraction of gold and silver. And so in those communities, it is like Guyana is like black and South Indian. Uh, Haiti is 90% black, but they are, they are still part of the diaspora. And so like nomad and like connect to the Caribbean and South American diaspora through like similar cultures, similar customs, and also that shared like landmass. So what would you say are some challenges to your experiences of being Latine? Like every racial group has their own different experiences and challenges and barriers. So would you say that there's any challenges that are unique to your experiences? Do you mean like an in an academic sense at uni or just like in general? It could be both. It could be how people perceive you um, at uni or in like broader society too. I think at uni and in academic spaces in general, especially if you look like you're um, Latinx or something, there's, as with most students of color, there's people who are automatically assuming that you didn't get your accomplishments or your the level that you're at because you deserve those things, but rather they were given to you <clears throat> through affirmative action or through just virtue of you being um, Latinx. Um, and I think I've experienced that at uni when I got in, I heard a lot of you all, you just got in because you're Mexican. And um, there, you know, I think as, as everyone, or maybe not everyone, but a lot of students of color probably understand there's a lot of like microaggressions and jokes about you know racial jokes about being like gardeners or maids or pickers or um just kind of like general commentary about stereotypes that go along with your race and I'm saying one specific to be Mexican because that's what I know right or just general like oh can you speak Mexican or like joking about accents and things like that which I feel like are general not a general experience but like um, a kind of like common theme of like um, academic racism or like racism from peers that has just kind of been normalized. Um, and not even in the sense of like people mean it with a bad intention, but just like, oh, I heard people say this joke at my old school and people laughed. So I'm gonna say the same thing here. Um, and I think also, so like that's something I struggle with trying to like convince myself that, especially since in our culture, the whole thing is like, you need to work hard. And if everyone's telling you, well, you're not actually working hard, you're just getting these things because you're Mexican, it's hard to sometimes convince yourself that like, no, I am deserving of these things. I am doing the work, you know? Um, but I think also I struggled because I'm a very pale person. Uh, being at uni and like in the world, I have so much privilege being Guerita, right? But at uni, everyone was like, oh, you're so exotic. You're this like like this I don't even know just like this crazy like spicy Latina girl like wow you are the epitome of Mexican because I'm the only Mexican girl in our class but like I'm I'm one there's no one way to look Mexican and two as a pale skinned girl I was like uh on the one hand I'm like no I do not look like I'm Mexican but everyone in school's like wow you say tortilla with an accent 
can you say that again? Right? Like, oh my gosh, are you Egyptian? Like, where are you from? So I think just kind of like, and obviously, I mean, I don't think anyone has bad intentions when they're saying things like that. I think it's just miseducation or not exposure to these kind of things. But it's kind of a struggle. It's just you have your identity kind of challenged, especially um, if you're mixed with something. And as most scholars of color can agree with, you have people who are always going to tell you that you're not deserving of what you've accomplished. And anything you're going to get in the future, how will you ever know that you actually accomplished it? Because it's just going to be handed to you because, you know, affirmative action. And that really frustrated me, especially because I heard it from some of my classmates and our eighth grade project was on affirmative action. And I felt like we've studied this, we've learned this, we know that's not true, but it's the same rhetoric you're giving me, um, especially with the time of college acceptances and stuff, right? So it's like, just trying to stay true to yourself, remind yourself that like, that's not true while you're hearing it from others, um, especially just because, you know, we have such a breadth of ages here. So you're like very, I want to, not like moldable, but like, you're kind of like a sponge, right? You're, you're at that social age of like, you're still figuring out who you are and how to interact with others. And so you're very perceptible to what other people are saying. So, yeah. The, the affirmative action thing is, is, is um, pretty common, I'd say. Uh, at, at uni specifically, I mean, obviously we have a very large Asian American and white American population. American and and white population so like g given like recent discourse within what like the past one or two years right there's been like the the Harvard thing and things at other colleges that that are kind of along the same lines and you know ha having this background of where like most of the Latinos that I know outside of school are, are, are really low back like like ha have really low paying jobs I'd say so th there there has to be a way to to kind of help them out right um, I think overall, just being like part of like a minority group at uni, it's, it's kind of sad that th there's not many people to relate to in terms of food. Um, I did see someone eat a tamale with a corn husk once, which, which wasn't, um, that, that, that pains me just, 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 just a little bit. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, overall, it's just like not having a lot of people that 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 you can vibe with culturally is is sometimes a little bit sad. I want to jump in really quickly and say that I all of my friends knew never to invite me if you're going to get Mexican food because oh. El Toro Fiesta Cafe and um, <clears throat> Dos Reales are not authentic Mexican food. And I was going to say something if you, if they were like, this food was so good. I love Mexican food. And I'm like, that's not Mexican food. Like you're eating, like your beans are liquid. What? Like that's not a bean. Um, but also I definitely agree. It was, it was hard trying to find people who shared your experience. And especially if you had an uncomfortable experience, sometimes it felt like maybe I shouldn't say anything because no one else around me is feeling that uncomfortableness or that kind of um, just kind of weird feeling, especially if, some, if someone's like making a joke or just making an offhand comment, especially about like affirmative action or something. You know, if I'm the only person of my culture in this room and everyone else around me is like white 
or Asian American and is kind of agreeing with that person, it takes a lot of bravery to be like, actually you're wrong. Or like, actually that makes me uncomfortable. Or like, I don't like that you said that it hurt my feelings. And so you kind of become very passive. But um, yeah, I remember one time I made tortillas in the, like I made, not tortillas, I made quesadillas in the, um, no, I did. I made tortillas and I brought them to school and someone was like, wow, they don't look like this at the store. And I was like, no, they don't. You're correct. I, I, um, agree. Like there is definitely a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of offhand comments. Like we know that every bill, every like legislative act passed to like help with social mobility only helps the white population. This happened with the VA bill. This happened with affirmative action only really benefiting like Anglo-Saxon women. And so like, we know that these things are fallacies, like that is not correct. And like, I, I do agree with Maya. Well, you get a lot of attention for being like different looking and like, especially like I'm, I'm pale too. Like my attention was like derived from my hair looking different. It wasn't straight. It can like stand up. And then that's how I got like a lot of attention, which felt weird because it didn't really feel like I was being approached on like, oh, your hair is cool. It felt as though I was like an animal in a zoo for them to just like, wow. (laughs) Okay, so maybe this could be our last question, but um, thank you for sharing your experiences and uh, we appreciate to hear your stories um, and the challenges that you face too, because when I feel like as a community, people need to know, like one of you said, I think it's sometimes just ignorance that people have, have and they don't necessarily want or their intention isn't to other you, but a lot of times that othering does happen um, inadvertently. So we want to end this time just kind of lifting you up and highlighting your story. So what do you want people to know about you um, as we kind of end this time together? I think not really understanding about me, but at least like understand the difference between Hispanic and Latino. Cause I, 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 there is a difference and I don't know, it, it, it's just, it's gotten on my nerves a couple of times. Like, I understand why people wouldn't get it, but yeah. Should I probably Can explain you actually story? explain the difference? Because yeah, yeah, sure, sure. All I know is um, that Hispanic is like Spanish speaking and my mom was like, I don't like that word. Um, Hispanic is, uh, well, deriving from Spain, right? So if, if we think about like more Southern countries that are, that have much more, Spanish blood, Uruguay, like Southern, most of Argentina, you know, these are countries that don't have that indigenous background because given history, their indigenous populations were wiped out, right? And and then of course, Spain, which is obviously a Spanish speaking country, right? So these are part of the greater Spanish speaking community. They don't necessarily um, have the same backgrounds as what we would call a, a Latino culture. Um, I don't, yeah, again, I don't know if this is 
necessarily about me as a person, but just, I guess I would just like, like to throw it out there. Affirmative action really is not doing as much as you think it is. Um, and you really, you really, especially to the people in my class, you really look dumb when you say stuff like that after our whole project. And it, it reflects on you. And if you're making, if you're making, if you're making a joke, you're making an offhand comment and you see it makes someone uncomfortable or, you know, just generally calling someone exotic is not a compliment. It's really not. Um, just kind of like open, open your eyes to the possibility of learning. No one is going to cancel you or hold it against your head for the rest of your life. Just be open to the possibility that something you might say might offend someone else and you might not be as educated as you need to be to be in a space with someone. Oh, actually, that sounded wrong. Just open, open your mind to the possibility of having someone educate you more, especially if it pertains to their culture. But at the same time, it's not our job to educate you necessarily on our culture and how to act around us. Like if, if you asked every person of color to be like, oh, can you teach me how to like be around you? Or like, how do I, how do I do everything? Like basically asking them to do all of the work and labor that is basically like just using Google and using like using the internet. It's not our job. And obviously if you ask someone, did that make you uncomfortable? They're going to give you an answer, but just, I don't know, be open to learning, be wary of how you enter the world and the privilege that you hold as you enter different spaces. Um, and yeah, no one's going to be mad if you love our food. Our food is amazing. Just, it just means like, stop making the garden jokes, you know, stop saying hose A, hose B. Like that joke is not funny. It, there's so many other ones that are much more like clever. That one, that one's not it. So I don't know. Can I ask you, what are some good authentic mexican restaurants in town that you would recommend uh food there's actually um, one in yeah, oh go sorry no, um, go ahead, so th th there's this like locally owned um store called el progreso which is it, it, it has two stores i think there's one like in north yeah, champagne and like over in urbana and, and they just opened up a new store i i, I went like two days ago so it was kind of cool um and th there's like a whole like Mexican family that has El Progreso in Urbana. And then I'm forgetting what it's called. I think it's called La Mixteca. Mm -hmm. La Mixteca. Yeah. And then, and then also El Oasis. Mm -hmm. El Oasis is like a Mexican um, ice cream, which is really, really good. And then oh, yeah, you can get paletas there and they're, they're the best thing you'll ever yeah. have. Also, the, the, there was this one Mexican food truck. Uh, yeah, the I food truck. Know. I was gonna say that there's a new food truck. It's like Fernando's or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, no, it's cool. Fernando's Pizza. It's something, but it's like a taco truck. And it's actually, it's actually pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And I would say, just in general, like you're not gonna go wrong with my yeast. It's not the most authentic. I'd say it's probably one of the best, more common options you have. Um, but you're gonna find better food at like the food trucks or yeah. the the the, the food trucks are OG. Yeah, and you can get like marinated meat to barbecue and stuff at El Progreso, which is something my parents like to do that, like, to get the like chicken adobo or whatever and um, like fire it on the grill and then make whatever with it, make sandwiches or make tacos or, um, but yeah. And then there's also, um, I forget, it, it, it was like international foods or something that, that also had a bunch of things for um, South American cuisine. And they also had like traditional drinks, which is nice one. When we want something a little bit different, alfajores, that type of stuff. 
um, echoing like I I don't know how like th this isn't really about me but like echoing Maya Wells' point there's always more you can learn there is always new aspects of a culture that you can learn and educate yourself on and we will never know everything about everything like we all have the capacity to learn and become better and um like be introduced to new things and in thinking that we know everything like we can do a lot of harm to people and like just make people feel uncomfortable um second like everyone in the diaspora like is welcome like i echoing my point from before like it there is so much diversity in the community and especially like living in the united states like the entire latin american diaspora has shared experiences like it doesn't matter if you're mixed or if you do not speak the language from your country of origin like you, everyone has a place in the community. Yeah, I totally agree and echo everything that everyone else has said before me too. And um, yeah, I just wanted to share, I'm not sure if this is something that only I personally have experienced, but a lot of the time I think when I say, you know, I'm from Brazil, I'm Brazilian, people are like, oh, that's really cool. Like you went to the beach and things like that. How's the, um, the climate and the beach and everything there? And I think that you know, yes, that's really nice, but also the people there that work really hard and, you know, are trying to support themselves, support the country are super important to that story. And that I think is the most important part of Brazilian culture for me. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, struggles and problems also there, uh, but but the people are really important and they, they work super hard and they're really dedicated um, for everyone that I've met there. Uh, and Another thing I guess that's important to me is music too. I know that's kind of a different track, but Brazilian music is awesome. So I love it. We're very thankful for you guys to join us today. And um, we just, we want to celebrate you and we want to bring your voices to the forefront and find ways that we can do that. And to our listeners that we have, thank you for hanging on. And I hope that you learned something today. And if you didn't, then, you know, Maya Wells, right? Like do your own research. I mean, it's not their responsibility to teach you about them, but, you know, getting to know people that we wander the halls with or are online with or whatever you want to say at this time, um, you know, it's important and it's important to, to care for one another and um, do the work yourself too, so that that we can be a better community when we're together. Um, so we hope that this was a good space for you and a good space for our listeners as well. And um, kind of as we close up here, if there's ideas that you have for how we can, you know, celebrate you going forward, if there's special events or anything like that, we want, we want, we really do want to make you feel like empowered and um, celebrated. So please let us know if we can do anything else to, to do that. Um, next week, we are going to be talking with our Black students, and we're looking forward to that as well. So until next time, thank you very much.